This is an interview for Peak Magazine. We're joined with the most prolific ghost hunter in the Northeast, Rob Davies. Um, we're here to talk about ghosts, poltergeists, uh, phantoms, and and we've got something really cool because he's going to give us some footage of an actual ghost that he's seen. So stick around to the uh, middle of the video and you, you, uh, you're going to get some chills. Let's get into it. Rob, thanks so much for coming down. Thanks uh, for inviting me down. This is uh, a privilege to have never been asked to do anything like this before. Oh, really? Yeah, first. Oh, brilliant. Um, I've been watching your, uh, your videos on YouTube and I find it fascinating, all the stuff you, you've been and the history about the, the places and the buildings. But, um, okay, so you started Dead Air Radio about maybe 10 years ago. Um, yeah. is, is that where it is that where it all came about? Is that where you got the concept for ghost hunting? I mean, I've always been interested in it before. You know, when, as a child, I don't know if you remember back in the nineties, there was things on TV like there was, you know, was it strange but true? There was that Mike Laspel used to do, and I think yeah. it was watching things like that. Uh-huh. I mean, I was never really into like X Files or things, but it was the the real life things and people's real life stories of like as a child, you wonder like what's what is really happening in in things like that and then um so i you know first met chris um that we did started doing dead air radio with met him at uni um doing the same you know same media courses and um so it all started i was doing local radio at the time and you know the type of thing i wanted to do was already being done by someone else so it was a case of okay if you can think of a, a something that would go out on the radio we, you can have like a, a trial run at it. So um, I just had this idea of doing maybe a two hour um, ghost hunt on the radio that would be broadcast at night and it would be once a week. And I was given six weeks to put, you know, put a show together for six consecutive weeks as a, a trial. Um, so I put it together and it was a big, you know, I, I thought it really worked. We did places uh, like Beamish Hall in, in Durham. Um, the Northeast Aircraft Museum, places like that that have got quite a reputation. And it, it kind of worked. And then we worked out how we could make it better. And then Chris wanted to sort of get involved as well. So Chris had finished uni. He was a year below me. Um, and he got involved in, in Dead Air. We put a team together. So we had, there was Chris um, and there was Steve who ran a company in the Northeast who just did the events. So they would just hire out these venues and they would sell tickets and take people into into like the castle keep for example and he was like well connected so that was the format of it it was a team of people who had different areas um so we launched it around about 2010 um and it ran for a few years it was that was pretty much the how it worked and and gradually sort of the radio side of it just didn't you know the station's not there now and um me and chris you know we still want to keep doing it so i was like you know we need to maybe radio is not the way anymore. Maybe it's more people want a more visual thing. So we, we looked into the video side of it and we got the YouTube thing going. And um, so it's sort of been going along since 2018, the YouTube channel now. So, um, and yeah. uh, the YouTube channel's dead, 
dead air, isn't it? Dead air. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyone out there really into ghosts and supernatural and the phenomenal, go and check out. Um, well, we'll put it up on the screen for you as well. Uh, dead air YouTube. Um, uh, should check that out. It's great. I've, I've actually just on on the point of the radio, kind of the audio clips um, within. It's not the dead air ra- uh, radio. It's a separate thing that um, maybe on SoundCloud or something like that. Yeah, Mixcloud. Yeah. Mixcloud, but yeah. it, it's still um, it's still dead air, isn't it? Yeah, the, we we put a lot of our old content out because some of it's coming up to ten years old now. And yeah. Some of the the more you know the ones we put up recently, you listen back to them and you you listen to yourself and you're just like, oh, uh-huh. I, I sounded like that ten years ago, and it's it's horrible, you know. But obviously, some of the places that we went to are places you can't go now. Yeah, um, like the Cooper Ridge, that place has been abandoned for nearly a decade. So it, the Cooper Ridge, yeah. Well, that's the one I've actually heard. Um, I think yeah. there sounds like there's about four of you going there. Going there. Yeah, there was myself. Chris was there, sort of producing it in the mm-hmm. background. Uh, there was Steve um, and a member of our team called D. Um, there was a couple of members of staff that, you know, they wanted to... Um, I mean, that night, I, I, I can't really think about how privileged I was back mm-hmm. to be able to get that because they don't do ghost hunts in there yet. This is apparently the most haunted place in Newcastle. And, and I, I say apparently, I think there's, there, is, there is nowhere that comes close to it in terms of people's experiences mm. staff i've got books that go back to the, the early 90s where they talk about the cooperage and it's like members of staff say this have experienced that and i've got books that have come out we, you know they all say the same things and then when i went and we, we were interviewing bar staff that mm. work in the cooperage and they say the exact same things the little girl like a cleaner is seen her and it's a, you know it's like the same things and it's like so consistent really um the staff who've quit their jobs that used to work there that just were like that place just i can't go in there sorry i can't go in there at, you know after shut i'm i'm not going in there at night yeah so we got access to it and you know we were very privileged and if i knew that was going to be the last time i'd ever set foot in that that building mm-hmm. it would you know i'd have made the most of it mm-hmm. um but there was, you know, there was strange things that night. Things like toilets, the hand dryers were going off and there was nobody upstairs. There was footsteps on the floor above us and everyone's on the ground floor. And it was, that building's not connected to anywhere else. So it's not like you could say it's coming from next door. Yeah. The, and there's so many stories linked to it. that it, 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 Either you could say, well, maybe the building, old buildings creak and things like that, but the sightings as well it was just there's something about that place and it's just so sad even today i drove here um i went past it you you go past it in the car and you see it and it's just it's a sad thing to see that place oh I, I have up. i have been in uh obviously a lot of years now but it's it's an old crickety old building isn't it? it's yeah, like it's, it's you don't feel i'm not going to say you don't feel great in there because it's a great place but it's like you do sense that it's got a lot of history here it's got a lot of things that probably went on yeah and when you know you'll know this uh, uh, yourself rob when you go into buildings or, or houses or you get a feeling that something's not quite right yeah it, it's it's one of those i think i i mean i quite like to think that i'm sort of quite on the fence with things i mean i have seen things and i've had experiences doing this mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you, I think you to do it really well, you've got to be careful of the... I mean, you walk into an old 
abandoned graveyard at night, it is going to be creepy. Yeah. Um, is that the suggestion? Is that because you go in there and you see that it's it's how it would look like in a scary film? Or you go into an old castle or you go into a, an old building that's dilapidated? It is going to look creepy and it does have that power of suggestion over you. But then I've also done investigations in buildings that, you know, for example, um, we did last year, uh, Ripon Workhouse. But that's all being converted into modern classrooms and teaching rooms even though that's the old bit where you know the, the old workers would sleep and, and things like that mm-hmm. and it's got like a modern day whiteboard and a projector on the screen you know so it doesn't feel creepy when you go in yet we're still there's still things going on in there mm-hmm. um so i think yeah the feeling um i don't really pick up on things in terms of like um in a psychic way i don't think i'm you know nothing like that right i mean things do look creepy if you see a dark corridor you you look at it and you think i don't really want to walk down there but yeah. i'm gonna go for it and um and that, the way it do it i mean people will see like on the videos it does look you know really scary when you see a place and it's in complete darkness and then you just go in but it's kind of like one of the ways you do it is you convince yourself to be a skeptic yeah so i always like before i go in i think well i'm not going to see the ghost's not just going to walk straight out in front of me. It's it'll it'll not happen. Uh-huh. So you, you kind of convince yourself it's not going to happen. Otherwise, there would be no way you would do it. If you thought there was a, a grey lady or you know some entity in that building that you couldn't say that was invisible that mm-hmm. could interact with you, you wouldn't go in there, mm-hmm. even if you were the hardest. Go. I think you've got to put yourself in that frame of mind that you know a logical frame of mind, but oh, you still yeah. go in and see what happens. Oh, yeah, mate, uh, definitely. I mean, it's kind of jogged my memory because um, uh, I, I went to York a, couple, a few years ago now and um, I, I'm trying to desperately think of the place, number 35. Oh, was it Stonegate? Stonegate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, we went we went in that building and I, I think I've got, actually got it on the uh, YouTube channel. Um, I, I think I've got it as Face of Turpin. Or something like, oh, so some someone's apparently seen a face of uh, Dick Turpin there. Yeah, and um, and we we walked around when it was open. Uh, we walked around and I'd done like an audio. I had like a little, a little dictaphone and and it's some some people are into it, some people aren't. But there's a lot of history in that thirty-five Stone Gate. Um, yeah, that's supposed to be one of the the most haunted places in York. And uh, we we walked around it for like an hour. And uh, and it, it was it's kind of you walk from room to room and there's an audio playing and then they tell you about the history but it, it's just quite interesting but the point is it's unfortunate because that building's still there but now I think it's a restaurant yeah so yeah it's just it's very unfortunate because I think like the council or something should actually keep these places open for the tourists coming in and but now it's yeah. I'm not like snubbing the restaurant I'm sure it's nice and all that but. It's let's keep let, let, let's keep the history of these places, you know. You know what it is? It's it's like uh, it's just something I can I can rant about because we've got so many haunted pubs, you know. And I know people might say, "Oh, there's no such thing as ghosts." To, to them, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Even the stories, the the legends, I think, are things that we need to keep. And an example of those, you know, pubs con- are constantly nowadays being taken over by chains, so it's like a national chain, and they don't preserve local legends and history so for example um in blanchland you've got the lord crew arms it's a you know really famous famous um like hotel 
bar, pub, whatever. Um, it's famous ghost stories linked to it, and it's in every. You buy a book about ghosts of the northeast or um, haunted dome or whatever. This this place is going to be in it, and it it always has been. Every book, it's always Lord Kuhams. It's always on websites, most haunted places you can go to. But yet, last year I, I popped in and I was uh, looking at it as a, as a location to to use as a, a video for the channel, whether I'd be allowed to film there. Obviously, you know, not disrespecting them, going as a paying customer, stay there and film there. And mm-hmm. they didn't want it. They said I couldn't. They, they said, you know, they want to brand it as a luxury hotel now. They don't Aww. want that. Even though the stories are probably what everyone knows it for. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like they've, it's got no local feel to it anymore. And it, it you know, it's a shame, it's I think. It's kind of lost, yeah. Even if it is a load of rubbish, there's no such thing as the monk or the, you know, a Dorothy Foster's ghost. It's like, you know, it's still something that's like a story linked yeah. to the building. I think, the, you know, as a story, it's nice to keep things like that going. But yeah. You have to, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you have to. Um, so I kind of want to ask you, um, did you did you have any kind of personal experience for, like, a catalyst to get into ghost uh, hunting? Um, I don't think it influenced me to get in, but there have been things that have happened in life. Um, when I was three years old, my granddad died. Um, and when you're three, year, three-year-olds don't really understand what that means. You know, they're still trying to learn, the, you know, what's going on. Um, and about a week after he died, um, apparently I was in my bedroom having a full-on conversation with him. I mean, I've got no recollection. I'd love to know if I could be regressed or you know, have my memories, you know, and go back and, and know what was going on, whether I was just a child talking to myself. Mm-hmm. But apparently um, I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, just talking to Grandad. He's, uh, he's, he's got a stone in his hand. He's showing me a stone. When I was little, I used to go for walks because I was, you know, never settled at nursery, so I'd always go to my grandparents and go for walks. And I used to collect stones with my granddad and bring them back to the house. Um, so it was almost like, I, you know, would a three-year-old make that up? Who's never, um, you know, his granddad's never come to that that room before, so it was kind of a bit, a bit weird. Um, but I've always just had an interest in it. It's always been something that I've always been curious about. I mean, my dad's, you know, full on skeptic, but yet he would watch the documentaries on TV, and I think that got me into it. Um, but yeah, it's. And obviously, the way I would speak, you know, reply to him would be, you know, you've never been to anywhere that's supposedly haunted, so you know, you would never see a ghost. And he would say, well, there's no, such, there'll be ghosts everywhere if, if there was such a thing. People die every day, and there's, there's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, he's never done it. He's, you know, but then again, in the last ten years, I've probably done at least three, four hundred different places. So it's, you kind of. That's what I think you've got to go to where people are saying that they, th- they see things or things are supposedly going to happen. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird you mentioned your granddad because I feel I've had a, a lot of experiences with my uh, granddad because he he um he passed away a few years ago and I was like really close to him. Um, and yeah, you probably have heard this before, but um. You get a feeling first, then when maybe there's something in the room that's not quite right, and then maybe a, a smell that remembers you to that person, that is, you know, directly linked to that person. And with my granddad, it was um, was TCP that used to use that constantly. TCP 
on like dabbing it on his clothes and you know like yeah, loads yeah. it was just like the TCP house um, and then unfortunately when he passed away it's like that that's that smells kind of ingrained ingrained in my brain but I mean I don't smell it all the time it's just it's happened about three or four times where it used to happen when I was on my own just in a house on my own whatever house I was in flat and then it would just it would just be like a light switch turn turn off or on. It would be like there would be normal watching TV. Then, right, boom, yeah, your yeah. granddad's turned up, and it would be that cut and dry. And I would smell the TCP like very very strong, like someone had maybe just dropped a bottle of TCP. Um, and you start like hunting around like what's going on, and the overwhelming presence of that person in that room at that time. Is I wouldn't say it's unbearable, but it's it's at like point break. Like, am I gonna say something here? Mm-hmm. Is he gonna start yeah. appearing in front of my eyes? You know. But um, just quickly, the the last time I've experienced him coming to uh, to see us was was only like about four months ago, um, yeah. and it was the strongest like ever feeling I've, I've uh, had. You know. Yeah. Um, where the where I just kind of froze. I felt like really weak uh, weak in my legs and had to sit down and the overwhelming smell of TCP again and then just a presence that someone was like either here like this close to us or here and I had to like get up and try and walk around but as I was walking around the the air was so thick that it was like it was kind of like he was coming through us yeah. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's, yes, it's it was quite similar. Yeah. When I was a baby, obviously, when you kids wake up in the night, babies, parents take them downstairs and, like, you know, try and sort of get them back off to sleep. And there's times when I was a baby when my mother would say that um, she could smell her gran. And mm-hmm. it was like the, the flowers, the certain scent that, yeah. it's like, this is a scent that's not in your house anyway. Yeah. It's, it's not in your house. It just appears. Yeah. And then it goes. Yeah. You know, within couple of like a second two three seconds feels like a long time but it's probably only a couple of seconds yeah in and out you know it's it's uh it's like even i i wouldn't know how you would explain it from a skeptical point of view either because the only way you could say is there's something in the in your room that's causing that smell but like you'll say if there's no source of that smell no then the other people might say well maybe you imagine it or whatever but it's kind of like it when it's so familiar yeah it's you know, I, the, you, you question things like that, and you think, why? You know, is are they doing it on purpose to give you that smell to let you know they're there, or is it just they're there anyway, so you smell it? Yeah. Um. It, you know, I, yeah. There, there's so many people have stories like that. It's like it's always you know I, I was just sitting at home and smell. And, you know, there's so many people who experience that. Mm-hmm. It, it, they can't be like, and he said it's been in different places you've been different, so oh, uh, different some, houses, yeah, yeah. So if if it was like one house, you could say, well, maybe there's something in your house that's causing that smell. But it's uh, yeah, that's that's it's interesting. It's interesting. It certainly makes you think about it more. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's because it's from house to house that makes us, you know, uh, believe that he's kind of following us around. But the bond is so strong, so I I don't mind if it was anyone else. I think I'd. Be a bit uh, yeah. You, people think ghosts are scary, and you yeah. obviously a ghost. Why are you white? Have you looked like you've seen a ghost? It's, it, people, you, you always think ghosts are scary, but you think these are people that 
like you, you knew them and you loved them. Yeah. So it's like there's nothing to be scared about them. And yeah. the way I see it, you know, if someone was a good person in the real life, then they're not going to be suddenly turn into something scary afterwards. They're yeah. gonna be the, it's the same personality probably carries over. So it, there's nothing to be scared of. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, Grandad, if, you, if you're listening to this, God bless. Um, <laughs> and another thing that, that interests me about your channel is your, your kind of like fearless approach to... Um, to go and enter these places, these um, apparently haunted, evil uh, buildings, and I think I quite like you, you. How you just go in? You go in by yourself, which I, I really uh, admire because yeah. if you watch um, uh, Most Haunted and all the rest of them, it's kind of like you know the faces on the camera. It's all about me, really. Um, Oh look! Did you hear that? And it's gone then because yeah. you're too busy chatting into the camera. Yeah. But what I, what I like what what you do is um, I mean who's whoever watching uh, who whoever's watching this now if you go onto Rob's um, Dead Air channel, he, you just walk you walk around with the lights off. The lights the buildings are completely black. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the 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 buildings completely black. You've got your camera. It's, it's on infrared. Um, you kind of turn around so. You're, you're, I presume you're looking at the viewfinder for your way around. Yeah, I don't even take a torch. You, you don't even take a torch? It's, I, it's more, more to carry. Yeah. So you can see on the viewfinder. I mean, people will watch the video and think, if I was in this room, I would see the, you know, the, the, you know, the books behind you. Yeah. And they would think, that's what I can see. But I can't. I can only see it through the, the camera. Uh-huh. But then other people will say things like, well, you know, um, like shadows don't get picked up on infrared. So my shadow, um, if there was like a street light, well, you wouldn't see it. So, are you seeing everything that's there, or are you only seeing infrared light? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a there's a there's a debate on that, but I think the fearless. I, I, I don't know. There's still times where there's you do get a bit of, you know, a bit. That's a bit creepy. But I think it's, it's got to be. It's, isn't it's it? come with time because I can remember the first ever one I ever did was it was a public one. So it was you know I went with a group and it was up at Chillingham Castle in Northumberland and supposedly the most haunted castle you know you know TV shows have filmed there and um, I went up there with um, my sister it was a birthday present so I, I think I knew I was getting it and I found out that day I was only about 16 or something 17 and we went up and this was like in the middle of January so it was like dark and you just see this castle just appear mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, d- you don't see it until you get close and you're like, oh, wow, that looks exactly how it looks like on TV. And you just think, whoa. And I, it, I was, I was, I thought I was going to see something that was, it was so weird that. Is this someone where you heard screams in the, in the forest? Screams in the background? Maybe it's a different video of that. Um, I think you actually was, was another guy. I'm trying to think which one that was. Um, and you heard screams and was it, you could definitely hear a scream. It yeah. was like in the wilderness back that way. Yeah, we've done. We've had one at Killup. Uh, that was one of the old radio shows we did. Um, we heard a scream there. Um, and funny up at Chillingham, we actually we did a charity night up there with one of the mediums from Most Haunted, um, from one of the later years of Most Haunted, and um, we were stood outside. We weren't actually recording at the time, and we could hear music. It was like a harp. So oh. we're playing a harp, and we were just, I was like, quick, quick, stop talking, stop talking, listen, listen. And you, you know, when you're listening, you strain it and hear it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah. And it was like someone was playing a harp. And like, if you know the geography of that place, it's like in the middle of nowhere. There's like no village next to it, there's no houses nearby. The next place is probably a 
10 minute drive down the road you're not hearing something from the village pub or something mm-hmm. there was someone playing a harp and that was weird and i mean that's that's got to be kind of uh, unexplained hasn't it yeah it was it the mics couldn't pick it up it was mm-hmm. so very faint it was like very you know but you could hear it What's um what what's also great about your channel is uh, the level of research that you do, like going in, into the places, and then it's not just um I'm saying not just, but I mean that that would be good enough. You going into these places pitch black by yourself, um, because of the, I think the last one I seen was in Whitby, and it was the Schooner Hotel. Oh, in Almouth. Almouth, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's kind of the first one I, I seen. Um, and obviously you're walking around pitch black and I thought, this guy's this guy's mental. <laughs> I was so lucky to get that as well because yeah. that was just as the second lockdown happened. Yeah. Um, so I'd been on at them for ages saying, can I come and sleep in room 28? And I thought I was only going to get room 28 because that's the, that's the notorious room. Room 28, If yeah. you go on TripAdvisor anywhere, it's like room 28, room 28. And yeah, the story's linked to that. And um, then the, they announced the lockdown and I had it booked like the week after and I was like, oh no. Um, so then I rang them up and I said, can I come like t- uh, tomorrow night, like Wednesday? Uh-huh. He's like, well, we've cleared all the bookings. The restaurant will be shut. The bar will be shut. Yeah, um, you know, there's going to be no one in. There's no service or anything. And I said, that's fine. Can I do it? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, okay, but obviously you, there's no, you can't have breakfast in the morning or anything like that. Yeah. Because that was like the Wednesday and then lockdown started on the Thursday. So right. I went on that Wednesday night and... I had the entire hotel to myself and it was that was surreal because I wasn't expecting that so it was a bonus yeah I mean that's that that what that was one of the first ones that uh, I watched and it, you're just walking around the hotel pitch black and um and I thought wait a minute is he not with anyone and I thought <laughs> oh, he's by himself and uh and I think I think you're on to something there just doing it by yourself um I think I mean the world I mean, it was one of those slow nights. It took. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you see a video that's an hour long, that's edited from about six hours of. Right. So when when you when you come out of that, you think, oh, it was a bit boring. But then when you edit it down into one hour, you you watch it back and you think, actually, it, it the, you know, it, yeah. And that's what you see on TV. Yeah. What you don't see is the hours where they're sitting around and absolutely nothing happens. But there was that one in the corridor, and there's like a corridor where the people see the the old maid walking up and down. Uh huh. So you know, I'd I'd been up for room 28 wanting that to be you know because that was where i was going to sleep uh-huh. and then in the corridor we've got like an emf meter so that picks up electromagnetic energy and i had it sat on the, the little step and i was like stood right back from it and i know people say oh you can like anything can trigger it i had my phone switched off and i had you know there was no electrical the cameras don't set it off and i was just saying you know if someone's there light it up like put your energy through it and it just would and I watched it, and you th- the first thing you think is, oh, okay, that's a bit of a coincidence. Okay, if you're doing it, step away from it, like, go away now. And then it just went off. Wow. So I was like, okay, again, could be a coincidence. Like, ask another question. Did he die in the 23rd? Well, you know, and I went through the years, and, you know, there's a story linking to who it could be. So I knew roughly, and when I got to that century, it was like, it lit up again. And I was like, okay, are you male or female? And, you know female it lit up and it was like and it was one of those i was like nah that's this this too much it's it's too good it's like it it was one of those i was thinking people are going to watch this and think this is fake 
because that's 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 one thing that goes to your mind. If you get too good evidence, people are going to think it's a setup. Yeah, which a lot of people do. Yeah, uh, a lot of people have you know tried planting things. And what what also you see? I can't remember the American one. I know there's most haunted, but there's an American guy, quite popular. The, uh, Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. It could yeah, be. Yeah. Uh, he's quite well built. He's got. A, he's got a camera. Two camera guys following him around. Oh, he, Zach. Zach Bagans. Zach. Yeah. yeah. He does the lockdowns, uh, do, uh, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, if, if you look at the start, you'll see. You know, just for entertainment. And I, I just kind of don't like seeing that. I, I want it to be real. You know, I just yeah. um, like like your channel, Dead uh, Dead Air. I kind of want it to be real. I'm going in by myself. Uh, if anything happens here on camera, it's going to happen. And. Um, and that's just the way it is. But yeah, I mean, I used to watch. Oh, I mean, I used to watch uh, Most Haunted, and like nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. But you still watch it. <laughs> it's it's that element of D- uh, addictive viewing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there'll be people who watch it for the history, and like, I mean, I love looking at an old building, and I want to know what's happened in you it. You know the history, you yeah. Um, so that's why I, I always spend the first ten minutes just on the what's about the building yeah because there's no point i mean you, you watch some some youtubers will, will just go in and just be like okay we're at such and such a place and then they seem to expect you to know it mm-hmm. so they go in and they'll be like is anyone there and i think you've got to sort of talk about what this place is about first and you're doing the whole backstory aren't you yeah um and as well it's it's not just about bigging the place up um I really got interested in sort of fact-checking places because you find that a lot of commercial venues want like it as a business and they, they like to sort of, you know, some of the stories maybe aren't what the history books will tell you. So mm-hmm. um, there was a video we did, um, Woodhorn, um, the, up in Ashington. So the, um, there's like the old church, it's like an abandoned church and there's the graveyard. And oh, I've seen that one as well. Yeah, it's the most supposedly one of the most haunted graveyards in the northeast and it's supposedly haunted by a world war one soldier who is called thomas chalkley right um the story is he died in world war one in one of the battlefields in europe and that day he was seen in the graveyard by his family even though he was supposed to be in france and this is a quite a common phenomenon loads of people have got this you know it's one of those in my family um people you know but he died but then he appeared on the day he died back in in Durham or whatever but anyway in in the story uh, Tom Chalkley was seen um, on the day he died and people have seen him in this graveyard um, ever since so great story but I've got a friend who was working who does a lot of the history for the channel in the background she won't she won't ever be on camera she can't name her or anything but she was working for the Commonwealth War Graves Commission so great she's got access to all the info Right. Things that aren't in the public domain, so I begged her, you know, here's the here's this guy's name, find him. So she she spent about a week looking into this guy, on you know, logged into the you know, Commonwealth War Graves Commission, and she was like, there's no records of this guy, you know, if he went to fight fight for, for for the Britain, he would have there would have been a record of him. Mm-hmm. What you know, they tried Tom Thomas different spellings of the name, and there was nothing for them, and. We went and we looked, we found the the register of all the graves. Um, we've got a list of all the graves, even the ones that aren't marked, and there's nobody in that name. So at the end of the video, I was honest about it, and I said, you know, I didn't say there's no such thing. I just said, we've looked into it, we've had historians look into it, and they can't find a record of this guy even existing. 
but obviously it's open to you know you can still believe it if you want it's open to interpretation but you've got to investigate sometimes it's, you go in and investigate with your eyes and your ears and see what you see but you've also got to sometimes get a historian to check things and we did the same on the um the vain tempest one in durham um, there's a famous legend that um, when it was an army barracks that some soldier had an accident and blew his head off with a cannon in the wow. courtyard so immediately he's the guy that all the mediums when, whenever there's an event on at Vane Tempest all the mediums pick up on the, the soldier who had his head blown off mm-hmm. by a cannon um, so I was working with behind the scenes with the Giles Gate um, Historical Society which is where Vane Tempest is and the guy said you know he's, he's heard the story and he's, he said there was no such it never happened. There was only one ever recorded death as a barracks, and that was when it was um, there was an outbuilding. There was a suicide in there, but that building's off the land now, so mm-hmm. it's not on the Fane Tempest land. There's, a, there's brand new apartment buildings on that bit now, so it's nowhere near where the building is. Mm-hmm. So it was like a legend that's somehow gone down over the years, and now everyone that goes there, every medium picks up on the mm. the, the soldier who had his head blown off. But it's kind, yeah. it's kind of like the headless horseman, isn't it? It's like. Everyone claims to have seen him, but yeah, you know, it's just these, like you say, these myths that go that travel down in time. These little white lies that travel, travel, travel. Then all of a sudden, it, oh yeah, it was true. Yeah, yeah, that did happen. And this, well, that's only a, it's only a bit of a tale, you know. Um, yeah, I think part of investigating a place, you've got to get someone to look at the history of it yeah. and, and say, did this person even exist? Because there's so many times you go into, you know, the stories about things and it's like, it turns into a bit of a Robin Hood. Like, yeah. d- did Robin Hood even live? Mm-hmm. Was he a real person? Um, did he even die there? There's so much, that, you know. That, yeah. Well, it's weird you should say that as well because when I went to York, uh, we looked for um, John Palmer, um, right. John Palmer's grave, which is also known as Dick Turpin. Yeah. Um, and then we found his grave in York, but um, and we went to, we went to where he was imprisoned or temporarily imprisoned. Uh, we had a walk around there. It didn't really feel much because I mean, I mean, there'll be people who are listening to this now, and they they know what I'm talking about. When you go into something, you can feel feel the history. You can feel, oh yeah. There was definitely something bad happened here, or something, something really great happened here, or what, or whatever, you know. But um, and then we had a little hunt around him and um, found his grave. But I, I didn't feel like nothing at that grave. I mean, I've got a, I may throw it up. I, I've got a couple of shots of me at his grave. Yeah. And um, and then I've done a, a bit of uh, searching online, and apparently he's not even there. He's he's not even buried there. Right. But, um, so that uh, you know, lot, like, a, uh, artistic it, uh, interpretation that he's his grave is a headstone there with the, his name on to put a, t- a fake headstone. Maybe there. a fake headstone, but I've I've heard he's somewhere else. Uh, no, he was executed on the where the race course is now. Isn't yeah, it? that's where the the gallows were. Where yeah, they, they'd hang people. Ta- Tyburn, I, yes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ty. Well, he he got marched through. Where uh, thir- thirty-five Stonegate is, he apparently got marched through that street. Um, you do actually feel someone in that house, uh, thirty-five Stonegate. Uh, if anyone's listening, check out my uh, video. But it's quite, it's quite cool. If you into that kind of thing, but yeah, I didn't feel anything um, from a uh, old um, John Palmer. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it's just one of them things. I mean, it's got to be somewhere. It's interesting. I mean, I don't know whether. 
mm-hmm. whether his body was moved or whether it was yeah. just like taken away from that side. But yeah, I've never really looked into it. But I mean, I I've heard I've, <clears throat> because I'm quite interested in the character. Yeah, I've, I've heard um, quite a lot of things about him. He got buried with his horse. I heard, and then I also heard that his friends actually dug him up and um, propped him up in the bar in the coffin. And they all had a last drink with him. Right. Because he was that much of a legend. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how true that is, but you just hear all these wild things, you know, that if you're in slightly, well, not slightly, if you're really interested in these things, you just, like, for want a better word, you just dig, dig, dig and dig until you get, like, pieces of evidence and you kind of piece it all together and whatnot, you know. But, um, so can can you describe any... Uh, experiences, personal experiences, or feelings you've actually had on a on a ghost hunt. I'll, I'll just interject because uh, that one in Ashburn, or where, where did you say before? I uh, Ashton. Ashton. There's uh, a graveyard. Yeah, yeah. I, but uh, you yeah. you actually got quite uh, freaked out on that one, didn't you? Towards the, the end, there was a um, to describe it. There's a part that around the back. There's like yeah. a bit where there's like the priests get buried because I don't know if you've seen like priests always get buried like ne- right next to the the church. The church, yeah. So there's like a footpath that goes around, and I genuinely came out and sat in the car for a good half an hour before I went back in. Um, there was leaves. This is mm-hmm. the fearless ghost hunter. Yeah, yeah. So this is like June, July time. Um, so it wasn't like winter, uh, like autumn, winter. Uh-huh. And there was like leaves on the floor. And I'm stood around the back of this church, and it's like, you know, you can't, it's just fields out the back, so you can't see it. I've seen else. it, yeah. Just um, And there's a there was a leaf, and it was kind of like a, you know, it wasn't like a, a dry, crispy leaf, like a, you know, like an autumn leaf that just fell off the tree. I mean, it fell off a tree, but, it, and then I, I was stood there, and I could hear something, like a rustling sound. And I'm looking at this leaf, and it's curled up, and it just went flat, as if someone had stood on it. And I'm watching it. And I don't know if you, I don't think you could see it on the, the video, but it, I just watched it go flat. And I was like, I don't know much about leaves, whether that's a natural thing that can happen, whether they just flatten out. And I just saw this leaf go flat. Oh, it just like went like that? Yeah, so from curled up, it just sort of went... Oh, and I wow. That's, I don't know, I thought that someone stood there, someone standing right beside me. This is here to here. Mm-hmm. There's someone standing beside me, and I was like, that freaked me out, like, big time. I mean, I know, like, as a ghost hunter, you, you kind of can't run away from it because it's like you couldn't... But you like when you don't know who it is, mm-hmm. you don't know what it is, was it totally natural? I mean, it could just be, you know, a leaf dried out and that's how it... Doesn't sound very natural, though, does it? But then we also had a um, thermal imaging camera, so it picks up heat signatures. Mm-hmm. And this is 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, so night and shone this this uh, thermal imaging and one of the headstones was warm it was a good two or three degrees warmer than any other headstone and it was just one stone um and this you know people say well okay the, it, it, it absorbs heat during the daytime i've heard you know that, that it does do that um but then why did the other ones not yeah that-, that 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 was a bit weird i mean i don't think for any you know Logically, I don't think headstones can, you know, I don't know. Um, but 
I did go back in the car um, and I did sit there for a little bit because there's a little car park next to it. And I, I thought, nah, you, you can't, you've got to go back in. You, yeah. you, you've, you've already recorded so many shots in the daytime. You can't just over a leaf. So I, I went back in and it did have a feeling to it. Funny enough, even though I debunked, well, I say I debunked it, I did a bit of uh, history fact-checking on that place. But yeah. Um, but then there's also, there's people who posted on, um, on Reddit like forums and stuff. Some guy said he was driving past it in his van at night and um, he saw like a, a, a fog coming over the wall mm-hmm. as if it was like, not like a general fog, but like a cluster of fog coming over the wall. Um, so there's people have seen stuff around there, but whether it's the legend of the World War One soldier, I don't know, but um, certainly uh, it's a very, very old, I think it's about a 900 year old church. So Right. Yeah. And uh, what one of the most maybe the most infamous one you've seen is the RAF guy. Yeah. Um, so that was August two thousand and fifteen. So me and Chris, we actually we were still doing the radio show, and we'd been in Otterburn that that afternoon. Yeah, it was afternoon evening time. So we were leaving there about sort of just before sort of eleven ish, because we were doing we were up there actually with in August. Um. We were up there for the anniversary of the Battle of Otterburn. That's what it would have been. That, that's why we were up there. Yeah. Otterburn, you know, there's stories of, there's a story in the 60s of a woman who was in a taxi going past the battle site and the, the taxi just broke down, all the lights were flashing and suddenly she looks and there's a soldier like stood by the window and there's, there's stories that are up there. So we went up thinking, you know, we'll, we'll go on the old battlefield and we'll, we'll record stuff. Absolutely nothing, you know, just a dead night where nothing happens. So at the time, um, we were just driving back and it was about half 11 at night. And um, you know, Chris, he had a, a, you know, it was a sort of Renault Megane Coupe at the time. So it was like a, quite a low down car. And I'm just in the passenger seat. And uh, we probably was half, I was half, you know, ready to go to bed. And, right. uh, and then all of a sudden, like I just saw this guy like straight past the window. Like and I was like, Chris, you just need to hit that guy. Right. Because he must have been that far from the window. And I thought, bearing in mind, you've also got a wing mirror there. So I said, Chris, you must have just missed that guy back there. Wow. And Chris was like, what? I didn't see anyone. Like, How could you not see him? And he was like, he looked like it was, you know, I just saw, I could see him. And so... Um, can you just, just, can you describe what he looked like at all? At that point, no. Yeah. But then I said to Chris, like, we, we joked at the time. We said, we've just, we've just been on a ghost. Imagine if it's a phantom hitchhiker. So for a laugh, we're like, right, we'll go back and we'll see who it is. Like, there's definitely some guy, like, and this is in the middle of nowhere. Just to point this out, this is like the A696. Right. So you go past, like, Pontiel and Belsey and then straight on, and you're in the middle of, like, fields. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the things that were going through my head, I said to Chris, you know how notorious this road is for, like, serious car accidents? There's, like, so many, it's always in the Chronicle. Like, things have happened out here. Um... So we turned the car around and we drove back, like going a little bit slower. And I'm like, so I'm videoing it, and I wasn't even, you know, serious about it because you know when you you video in, on an iPhone, you video it like in portrait mode, which I regret doing because yeah, um, you now I got a few people <laughs> pointed that out. Right. Um, so I'm just videoing back, and you can hear the sat nav telling Chris to turn around that you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way, and stuff. And then I'm like, I'm sure he's about here somewhere. I'm sure he's about here somewhere. And then like there. It was this guy, and it's clear as day. It's like you can see him even illuminated by the car headlights. 
and then under his right arm, I think it was his right arm, he had a hel- like a helmet. Wow. Um, and he was in the old like um, like yellowy beigey colour RAF. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing was, he was like staring straight ahead, mm-hmm. and we drove past about half the speed limit, and we we're just like, "That's him." And obviously, by the time we've gone past, he's out with the light, so you can't see him anymore. So we're like, "That's that's weird." So the first thing I was thinking, I wasn't thinking RAF at the time. I was thinking he's like a motorbike rider because mm-hmm. there've been like accidents out there, you know, with like bikes, cars. So we turned around again. So we were now back on the other side going the original direction that we were so I'm like he's now going to be where the passenger window is and then we're back and then we're like where is he and there's like nobody there wow and there's this is not where someone could just go and like walk back into the house or walk down another road Mm -hmm. there was no other like places to get out of there so you would have to like climbed into a hedge or something but it was just I can I can still picture like his his expression and you think when a car goes past you if mm. you if a car goes past you you would take a step back yeah you you don't like let a car get to within that far of you <laughs> no one's going to be that silly mm-hmm. and it was like he didn't even look it was like he was staring straight like across to the other side of the road and normally like even if you'd have stood waiting for someone if a car goes past you always just like you you always do you always just watch things go past and stuff it was not a natural thing isn't it there was no movement he was like staring like straight like straight ahead and then so i'm like straight on you know we we couldn't see this guy we couldn't find him no other cars had gone in between so he couldn't like been waiting for someone got picked up that was another thing people said could happen there was none of that we were the only people out there at you know half 11 probably after half 11 at night Mm -hmm. so we got we googled like that road and the first thing we saw was like um the picture on Google Images is like a, a helicopter that's, you know, a, a, an ambulance helicopter that's taking a, a crash victim away. We're like, oh, wow, we, maybe we've seen like a, a crash victim. Maybe it was like a someone like that. And then we sent it to the Chronicle thinking, you know, we'll see what the Chronicle think. And it was then that they'd had a historian like properly look at it. And they were like, can you remember exactly the exact spot where you said you saw this? Mm-hmm. So I was on Google Earth, and I, th- I think it was, like, these coordinates here. I mean, the, the guy was like... Because we found there was an RAF accident there in, like, 1940... Was it 41 or 42? Wow. So the guy had taken off from, I think it was uh, Houston, or maybe Boomer. I can't. I think it was Boomer, RAF Boomer. And it was a, he was on a, just a practice run, and the plane came down in a field on a farm called Middleton Farm. And Middleton Farm doesn't exist anymore. It's um, th- those fields are now owned by like someone another company owns them, but it was the same field where we were like that's the spot where we saw him. So I think he's buried down in Exeter somewhere, um, but that's where his family. He's down in Cornwall, like Devonway. But um, like it was so weird that, and then the coincidence of seeing someone who would look like an RAF soldier, and then for that field to have had a crash during the second world war and it we'd still like talk about that and we yeah. we're like that that for that to have happened i mean it, there could have been a totally rational explanation some guy could have just been stood at the side of i don't know people can stand at the side of the road it's not paranormal but probably really, not in the middle of nowhere though yeah that yeah. was that was what 
I mean, obviously, we then became the victim of like you know the when you see newspapers over in a ghost story, like this has been captured on camera and like you see in the comments, it's people like just take yeah. the make out of it. So we were, it, the, the the article had mentioned that we'd been to, um, to Otterburn. And um, so there's people in the comments saying, you know, oh, it's probably just a soldier off the barracks or something. And like Otterburn's like another, you know, yeah. 45 minutes that way. Yeah. And, like we were literally like halfway home. It was, uh, yeah. What, What's what's quite strange because I've seen the clip and um and I think you you you're going to send us the clip as uh, yeah, as well so yeah. m- maybe hopefully when we're going to throw it up when you're talking about it uh, if you don't mind I mean yeah yeah absolutely. and we'll put the back links back to your channel and all the rest of it but uh I've and then I think we've talked off camera about this where I've only seen the bit where you said it doesn't really do it uh, justice they've used not the wrong bit but um what I find interesting about the story is you actually seen something go on there and you turned around and yeah. it's still there yeah I, I, so I think was, that's quite it, interesting it was there the first time we turned around yeah. and then the second time when we, it should have been like on the same side of the road as us it mm-hmm. wasn't there oh it was on the opposite side so when, when we drove past it it was on my side of the car like as a passenger yeah and then we drove for like another like 30 seconds and then turned around and then came back so we're now on the opposite side of the the carriage way, mm-hmm. but so so it's on like driver's side in the middle, like on that side, um, and he was still there. And then we literally did a U-turn like less than ten seconds later. So it was kind of like um, the time to have got out of there for him to have gone, unless he'd literally dived into the hedge or dived into like some really long grass or something and hidden mm-hmm. which would be like again like why someone out there hiding in trees and stuff um i mean yeah the when when the when it went in the the national papers they literally just showed the clip of the the, fir- the, the first time we drove back um so there's the, the coming back again they mm-hmm. didn't that was never shown they never showed that it was only the just the instance where we actually saw them on camera that they showed oh cool so I'm kind of really looking forward to yeah, seeing yeah. The, the the full clip, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it's cool. Um, so can can you can you describe what, what he looked like? Was was he wearing brown brown uniform and mainly hat? I can. He kind of did have a glow about him, but I think that was just the lights of the the car headlights. Mm-hmm. I got no face even on the video. I mean, the video is like what I remember him in my head, so I, I couldn't see any more detail when I saw him. Um, and again, like Chris was driving, so he was kind of like doing like that. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely some sort of helmet under his arm. Like the way his arm was like that, and he was holding something under his arm, and there was a helmet. Wow. Um, and again, it's, like that's all I can remember. Like the the shape, obviously, he was you know quite quite well built. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he was just so motionless, and it was like his head didn't move, his eyes didn't like look at you when you when you went past it was kind of like just fixed mm-hmm. which i don't know it just seemed so weird it's uh you say like uh motionless and um not not looking i think i've actually seen something in this building then right i, I mean because w- when i first came here uh there's lifts um through the corridor and uh, i'm gonna have to ask the guy here who uh runs the place but I went. I went to push. There's three lifts. Yeah. I went to push the middle one, and like it's quite dark, so the lights go off. The lights go on. It wasn't night. Um, 
and then I actually pushed the one for the middle lift. But I mean, this might not be strange. Whoever's been here for a lot of years, and uh, you know, Paul will probably tell us even better. But the left one opened, and I was like, "All oh, right." And this was uh, right at the right at the start of lockdown. So I went. I just went to get in that lift, and I kind of stopped because there was somebody in it. But the person in it didn't even acknowledge us at all. Yeah. Like, like only because you don't want to be rude and like. We put your head right in there. So I come, to, I come to the end of it, and I just went, "Oh, sorry, pal." And he's just like standing there, and he, he just didn't, he didn't look at us. Yeah, and like, his eyes didn't even. Like, he, he eyes, his eyes didn't even look at us. So that's not natural. If someone like that's what I thought. Even if someone, you know, you, you're in a lift, you always look at who's coming. In, you know, even if it's just like, who's that? I've got to ask. I've got to ask Paul about this because I, I haven't had a chance to see him since. I've only seen him a couple of times since, but this happened not so long ago. Um, uh, yeah, so I went. I went to go in the lift. The, the lift doors opened. I seen like you know, like a third of a of a man, of a person. And I went. Oh, sorry, Paul. There's just motionless like person there, and it was a yeah. split second. And I went. Oh. And I kind of the doors closed on him. The doors closed quite quickly, and I, I went like, "Was that was that like a real person there?" Yeah, like, do you know that split second? But he looked solid. He looked he like looked, he wasn't yeah. see through or anything. That's, he looked solid. Like, yeah, the RAF guy. We we looked at we, we've looked at it and screenshotted it, and you you can't see out through him. Yeah, he's he's, he's a, a proper thing. He's like a. Mm, then we had not The only other time I've I can really say I've seen something is in the the castle keep. So this is oh, going just back. where's the uh, sort of like that way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just down there. So it's um about two thousand and twelve, thirteen. And this is a one that I'm not sure. We were doing a, a radio show there and there was only three people in the building, so there was me and Steve from Dere, and then there was the caretaker of the keep who he always has to be on site whenever there's an event on just in case something happens. So he was with us in the great... I don't know if you've ever been in the castle before. There's like a... Oh, I've been lots of times, yeah. You, well, you know the bit. It's like there's a hall and then there's like a gallery that goes around the top and you can go up a spiral staircase and you can get up to it and you can walk around. There's like pillars, columns and stuff and then you can sort of lean over and look down onto the hall below. Mm-hmm. So we were down in the hall and this was... a. We weren't on air. We weren't recording anything. We weren't, you know actually part of the, the ghost hunt at the at that yeah. time. We were just talking and uh, it was at night. So you've got obviously the railway bridges and stuff around you and you've got the orange street light because you know, the street light's like an orange. Yeah. And it shines through the window behind you and onto the wall. So you've got like a patch there where the window, where the street light's coming onto the, onto the wall and then another one like further along. So we were stood around and we just saw someone walk through. So we we weren't staring at it, we just saw it like that. Oh, seeing that. And then we all looked at the next one because we went along, so you should be going through that one next. Mm-hmm. And then a figure walked through. And we were the only people in the building and the caretaker's like, well, it's, this building's not open, there's nobody else in here. Outside, you're talking to someone who's like, and you think how high up the castle keep is, there's nobody walking around out there. And we 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 ran up we ran up the spiral staircase and there was nobody up there and there's meant to be a um, the story is he's a, a French monk 
whether there's any uh, historically I don't know um, and it was weird and staff over the years have talked about seeing a shadow of a monk a shadowy figure walking around right um, it's been photographed before um, there's a famous photograph you can just, if you just google castle keep ghost you, that photo it's like as if he's looking around the corner of a um, like looking at the camera and there's that was weird and it's one of those where I think it happened so fast that I didn't get a chance to like register it like I saw the thing go through I think that's what happened with me yeah you wish you could go back and replay it in your head yeah. and see what was it like did I have a head did I have a shoulders um, and it, it's like I'm probably about 60-40% certain I don't know it's like then people say what was it something flying past the window mm-hmm. um, I don't know then I was looking at it the other day, and you know, but where the train line goes, right? The train line must miss the castle keep by about that far. Yeah. It's so close to it. Was there someone able to walk along the the that sort of bridge bit that goes past the wall of the keep? Was there like a train worker on the line? I don't know. It's one of those I'm going to have to sort of really sort of think about the angles of it, whether it was physically possible. But um, I think as as an you know as an investigator, you've got to rule out everything before you can say it was a. It was a ghost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- uh, definitely, definitely. Um, another thing, also, is that when you hear about ghost stories and you think of like haunted castles, haunted buildings, haunted this, haunted that, uh, castle forts and whatnot. But what 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 you've um, quite nicely brought up on on your channel is there's been a lot of sightings on main roads or country roads um, in. Shopping malls, uh, like the Metro Centre, for instance, yeah. and uh, hospitals. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, I was listening to one of your audio interviews about a security guard who was, you know, he spent a lot of time at the Metro Centre um, closing up and whatnot, and he's he's experienced quite a lot of stuff. It's one of those, I mean, it, it, you're talking about recent deaths as well, isn't it? So you, yeah. it's one of those things where I always get a bit sort of like, you know, when, on the video, you don't want to say, oh, you know, but I didn't realise like how many people have died in the Metro Centre. You don't think about it because it's not a creepy old castle. But over the years, people have, you know, for natural causes have died. Yeah. They've, they've had to, you know, get paramedics in and people have you know had medical issues and it. A lot's happened in the Metro Centre, and the same with any shopping centre. I would imagine Eldon Square, um, mm-hmm. the bridges and so on. I'd imagine there's been things that happened in there that never get told, never get told. But as well, the Metro Centre was built on the old, um, an old quarry, and there's been you know you, you look on any old quarry mines. There's always you know in the eighteen nineteen hundreds. There's always been like accidents. Mm-hmm. There's a chapel in the Metro Centre as well. Um, is, it, is that still there? Apparently, it's. Uh, I got told it was. It has to be there, um, because that was a condition when they built on that site. They had to take away another church. There was another religious building there. And I said, "All right, well, as long as it's there's a chapel in the metro centre, I think I'm not sure. I'd, I couldn't. Right. It's one of those places you never notice it when you go past, but. Um, yeah. Uh, the. Me- it's one you you walk around the metro centre and it's not scary and when a security guard says that I mean I, this is and this is so weird and this is why I wanted to put that video that interview out it's back in school um, we, when we all started getting part time jobs one of my best mates got a job in um, what was it? it was in where Primark is now um, 
uh, Woolworths. Oh, yeah. So his first job at school was in Woolworths. And he used to say that the, um, the stock room in Woolworths was haunted. And you go, oh, have you seen ghosts? Have you seen? And I, just, you know, ask him all the time, have you seen ghosts when you when you're working? Mm-hmm. So, oh no, but like, there's a really strange feeling. Like the, the girls don't go in it, and it's like mm-hmm. there's something creepy in there, and um, it's built. There's some something. It's definitely haunted. And then when he started saying, Primark had to have an exorcism, and this is years later, and it's the same unit. Oh wow! So it's like so the staff of obviously Woolworths is gone. Primark's come in, but they've also felt the need that something's happened or something's in that space where they've had a they've had to have an exorcism, and it was in the, the chronicle, I think, when they got the exorcist to come in and bless the back of the back stock room with this um, of Primark in the Metro Centre. Um, and I, obviously, my friend used to talk about it years ago before, mm-hmm. and it's like maybe there is something to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the Metro Centre is. Just, I didn't even know there's tunnels and you know the metro centre like behind the stock rooms and that tunnel so you can get from different like the bus station to other places and things there's, there's I didn't pl- know that no. yeah there's uh, there's all sorts that I didn't realise but yeah yeah because uh, I think I think he talks about like bins flying open and like things yeah. crashing in and then he, he walks around, he what he's got a um, like quad- quadrants, he walks from. He's got to walk through all the quad- uh, quadrants at night. There shouldn't be yeah. anybody in, and he he says he keeps seeing like fi- like a figure in in the in the shops, and you know someone's like milling about in the shops, and obviously there's no one there. But I haven't been to Metro Centre for 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 years now. But um, well, tell a lie, I have, I've I've been a few months ago, but not like I was like working. You know, I wasn't like walking around and. But I, I don't know if it's still there. There's like a Victor, Victorian part of that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's I'm like an old mean. shops and... Yeah, I think that's gone. Is that, I thought I it, it had like, gone. Was it the Antiques Village or the something? The Antiques Village. Yeah, well, yeah. he said he, when he walked through the Antiques Village, that, that's where most of the... I'm sure he said that's where most of the obscure things would happen. But uh, yeah. I wonder if that's where the chapel was. I think it was. Oh, I had I, a feeling yeah, it was. Yeah, It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I've, it's one of those you walk past it and you probably don't register it yeah. but I think it is still there it is I think they still have a service every so many Sundays a year or something right but the, yeah um, I mean yeah, you always get this thing about you know how it feels like I'm being watched and all the rest of it and uh, you hear that quite a lot because um, you mentioned Woolworths what was the top of Northumberland Street is that, is that what you said the top of where um, Primark is now oh in the Metro Centre oh in the Metro Centre yeah yeah your friend worked there? Yes, it's gone back like 2004, Oh, I thought, I thought for some reason it was Northumberland Street where yeah. Primark was. Um, but I, I used to work at the bottom of Northumberland Street in a, um, a clothes store called Ath Leisure. Right. I don't yeah. know if you ever remember I it. I don't remember it. I don't, haven't and heard then, of it. And then um, that downstairs, that was it's now it's now called Scott's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, on the, it's right at the bottom, bottom of Northumberland Street. If you're walking down, it's on the left-hand side. Just as if you would turn left into the alley to go to the library. Yeah. It's that store right on the right on the corner, uh, close store. And uh, I worked there for a few years, and downstairs is just creepy as hell. Well, I've got a friend who used to work in O2 at the top of of, uh, right. of Northumberland Street on the opposite side. Um, obviously, they're in the Eldon now, but there's... Um, it's like it's a bit where like the buildings are like blue, and there's like, the different colours on, oh, the, yes. on the top, and you look up... 
and obviously you've got the shop fronts. No, not many people like look up, and it's like the old style, mm-hmm. um, like old housing style. Um, and there was like, oh yeah, there was always like people like footsteps walking around, and mm-hmm. you could hear like a th- sort of things getting dragged around. Yeah, but obviously the you know the the skeptical that will say, well, all those buildings are connected, so is it someone next door dragging something around? And mm-hmm. um, you know, you need to get up there and have a look. But well, um, I, I think I think I've actually seen a poltergeist as, uh, as well. Right. Um, so I mean, this is all kind of coming out now. This yeah, it's bit, uh, this is, uh, hasn't been planned or or, or uh, anything. It's just it's obviously stuff that's stuff that's in the back of my mind. You're just talking, talking. And then I'm thinking, oh yeah, I've experienced that. Oh yeah, I've seen somewhere. But um, I know pe- people are going to say, oh, he was he was pissed and uh, he's having a, he was drunk with his mates. But it, yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't like that at all. I was sitting at a table like this. I was with my uncle, and uh, it must have been about one o'clock in the morning because me and him used to used to have a few beers. And um, but we're never drunk, falling around. It was like why they're watching something and what in his uh, uh, his his uh, kitchen. Uh, probably it's a, actually it's a round table just a bit smaller than this it's round he was sitting just where you were and i was here and there was literally two cans of beer on on the on the on the table and um we must have been there for hours not hours and hours no it was just about like two three hours as because we, we started drinking quite late it's not like we're drinking all day or uh, anything like that but just two cans of beer sitting chatting oh yeah like i know that and uh, oh, have you have you been there? And, uh, oh, I seen that guy the other day. Remember? And then the can just moved, right? Like, like, like across? Yeah, like at, at force. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, if he's watching this, he'll back us up as well, because he's a skeptic. He doesn't believe in uh, anything. So we're sitting. The can can of beer was just like there, and it just went and just stopped. So it's still, it hasn't like been thrown. It's kind of stayed up. It hasn't been thrown, but what was what was a bit weird? Um, it was like I'll just demonstrate the kind of um, the kind of like force and energy. So it was like say it was there and it went. That's how that's how fast it went. Yeah. And what what, what was his explanation for it? Well, what what I thought was weird is it stopped right on the edge of the table. So it's if it didn't want to... It didn't yeah. want to crash, crash the beer off, but the beer, the, the can was full. Right. I had just opened it, just put it down there, and the force was like, whoosh, and it went, and just stopped right right on the end. Yeah. Right on the end of, end of the, uh, the table. And if, if this has happened to anyone who's watching this, it's like a surreal moment all of a sudden because it's all, it's all of a sudden you're in like... A surreal time where you think, did that actually happen just there, right in front of my eyes, or did it not? I'm sure other people will be able to recognise what I'm talking about and yourself. Yeah. Because it kind of goes in slow motion, and yeah, you're chatting because it literally stopped the conversation, and then it stopped on the edge, and we're just looking at it for like seems like a minute. Yeah. And not one of us said anything. Until I finally said, "Did that just, did that just happen there? That can just moved across the whole table and stopped." And he went, "Yeah." And then your your, your brain kind of tries to comprehend it, 
oh, well, it could have been this and it could have been that. It's and classic it, poltergeist. It's classic poltergeist, yeah. that. And, um, but I always think his house is a bit strange anyway. And I, it's, um, how can I put it? Uh, I, I've always had a funny feeling in his house. Always. And it, it's there's nothing wrong with the house. And it's it's quite newish as well. But it's there's definitely something going on in that house because I always feel weird in there. And then when that happened, it was kind of one of the last times I went back. Yeah. Because um, it was just a bit, was a bit weird, you know. And there was no explanation about it. And nothing else happened. It was just so random. And he had never felt... He had never felt that either. Because uh, if anyone knocked it, the thing's just going to tip. It's going to tip over, yeah. yeah. But w- what was what was strange about it is we were absolutely nowhere near it. And it, the way me and him sit, we, we don't sit like this on on tables. We would have been just sitting like this, where your arms folded, or you don't really sit normally chatting to people when you had a beer with your hands on the table. I mean, I don't. Um, but to be fair, the the car just moved at such force and speed. And just stopped, like abruptly. So it's, it's someone, something's deliberately stopped it at that point. Yeah, it, it, so it didn't go on the floor. So it didn't go on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So it just stopped right on the edge, and then we just there was a a moment of shock, obviously, and then we just kind of didn't know what to say about it. As yeah, what can what can you do? It didn't happen again. It was just it's, a very very bizarre moment. But twenty thirteen. Um, there was a very um, well, well, at the time it got national news and we were lucky to be able to go in that week. There was a poltergeist house in Sunderland um, and it made, I think, the Sun newspaper. So Derek Accor had been in. Oh, um, Derek, yeah. So they'd actually seen an ash trace, like shatter, like on the table. It didn't fly off, it just on the table. Like something shattered a thick, you know how thick an ash tray is. Ash tray, ball ash tray, yeah. Um, so we we got in like that it was a Wednesday night we got in and um so the woman who owns it's a, an old like a long house like a long sort of street I say terrace housing but they're like several stories high um and it was a woman called Marie who had the house and she'd moved all our kids out so she was saying that this thing was literally smashing the house up and so you think okay what's it going to be is it going to be just, you know a bit Amateurville or something so she was living with her parents or another family member. So she said, well, you can have the house, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not coming in with you. Yeah. So me and Chris went in this house and we walked around, you know, for um, for a good three hours. Nothing there, but you walk around and there's, like, CDs and DVDs, like, like the discs on the floor. There's, like, from the bathroom, someone's got, like, cream and just, like, covered the whole floor. Um, there was a, f- a flat screen TV with a crack down it that was just on the floor. There was wardrobes with all the clothes, and I've got the. I've dug out all the old photos that they're on Instagram. Oh wow! Um, so there's a, a wardrobe with all the clothes just out on the floor. Well, I'd maybe show some of these. Like okay. yeah, yeah use use the pictures. Brilliant. Um, and there was a like under the stairs. There's like a cellar you can go down, and there's like a bit where the workmen had been, and apparently the workmen had just dropped their tools and something had scared them out. So she was adamant there was something in this house. Me and Chris walked around and we're just, all we were doing for three hours was going, oh, have you seen this? This is smashed. Why is all this broken? And, you know, yeah. we were just analysing all the damage in our house. Every room was trashed. It was so weird. And we were like, off mic, I said to Chris, I said, 
is she doing this for attention? Mm. Is she doing this because, you know, Sun newspaper, she wants another council house, whatever reason, why is she doing this? But then why is she putting her kids through all this or smashing all their toys up? Mm-hmm. Something's not right about this. But, like, nothing happened. And we we tried everything. We started going around. Is anything anything there? And then we went into full-on antagonising mode, like, trying to get this thing to react. And nothing happened. Like, not, we, we spent hours in that house and nothing happened. And then she came back. And I went out, sat in the van with Steve, who was, like, listening to everything. And then, so she went in and Chris said, right, I'm just going to do a final interview with her. Um... And then we'll wrap the show up. This is going to be like, I'm just going to chat to her. She's come back to the house. So he went back on and he's talking to her downstairs in the kitchen. And there's a massive crash upstairs. like, And you hear it, a massive bang on the microphone. You hear it. And then all you hear next is Chris going, get in, get in, get in. So I ran in this house. It's like something upstairs has just made a massive bang. Mm-hmm. And he ran up and there was a wardrobe on its side. Wow. And there was nobody else in this house. Okay, and some psychic had totally said this thing's not the house; it's you. It's connected to you. It's when you went back in that house, and I just looked at her and I said, "I don't know what to say, but that is messed up." And like I just, she was, I could see it in her face. She was crying, and it's like you obviously hear about like you know famous like Amityville poltergeists mm-hmm. and you know all the all these things that have been the Enfield poltergeist mm-hmm. been turned into a film. And you think it sounds like a load of rubbish, like the, the families are just making it up and they're getting a bit of attention from it. And I, like, I saw that and I genuinely believed that what I saw, and I think you have to see it. And I'm gutted it was only a radio show at the time. We weren't doing any video, but we've got the pictures of it. Mm-hmm. There was That house was like a war zone. It was just so trashed and there's no reason someone would smash their own things up. Yeah, take television. Love to see those kids' toys. Yeah, she would say that there was a doll, like a, not a doll, like a teddy or something, that would just sit up, like without anything pushing it. Like toys don't sit up. That's, that's a bit freaky, um, isn't it? The kids wouldn't go back in, and it was like I was wanting it to. I wanted to go in that house and for everything to just kick off and to be like, I wanted to see if it threw things at me. I wasn't bothered. It was yeah. like it, this thing needs to needs to happen mm. and me and Chris were so gutted that it wasn't we were like we need to wind this thing up like insult it call it names mm-hmm. you know like get it to get angry mm-hmm. and it wasn't but as soon as she walked in bang upstairs and she was like next to Chris downstairs being interviewed and you hear it on the mic it's so somehow connected to the woman this well she was told it was some energy follow like attached to her and like I don't know like I've never really it's. I'm not like a big thing on like psychic mediums, but that's what she was told. Wow. And like, I've. I don't know where she is now. I don't think she's in that house. I don't know where she's moved to, but um, whether she's sorted it out or whether it's uh, affected her, but mm-hmm. yeah. Like I, I think yeah, when it's in your own house, that's scary. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, even if you witness it in someone else's house. That's quite yeah. scary, and but you, you know, you've got the option to leave, and yeah. when they haven't, it becomes like a real horror, uh, horror show. You know, it makes you think like what's happened when you, like, people move house all the time. Like people, people move house how many times in your life, and you think. Even I was just thinking this the other day. There was, um, you know, those shows on TV like House in Time and stuff, and you think 
even if it's not an old house, someone's lived here, maybe like another family have lived. How weird is it thinking that another family lived in your living room or in mm, your bedroom? Bizarre, isn't it? And then yeah. you start to think other things like, okay, what's what was here before this house? Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, all over Newcastle, they're still finding like plague pits. When they built the Centre for Life, they found a plague pit underneath it mm-hmm. that they didn't know was there. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there's a legend that there's one under the gate as well. Where when they were building the gate, they found bones. Whether it was a plague right. pit, or they find they find stuff all the time that they don't know is there. I mean, uh, up up where is it? Uh, Blackfriars. Yeah, that's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, you know, it's got a lot of history up there, and it is when you're walking around there at night. It's uh, pretty. You're looking over your shoulder, you know. It's yeah. uh, like a strange place at at night, and that's got a lot of history. Every self-respecting ghost hunter needs the right equipment. So I'm hoping for the people who are watching because they're always watching ghost things and you're always using these these like uh, fancy pieces of equipment like um, AMF meters and yeah, yeah. Ther- um, thermometers, binary sp- response devices and AVPs. Yeah, there's, there's, you've got to be careful with it because some people love it because the TV shows use them. Yeah. And some of them are really visual. And other people will say, "Well, no, that like the, the really old school guys who've been, you know, ghost hunting. You know, the, the the proper investigators will say, you just need your eyes, your ears, um, and maybe like set some objects up for like a cross, and draw some draw around it, so you know if it's moved off the paper or something, yeah. or set some flour down, so you know if there's been footprints or handprints or whatever. Um, so the old school guys will say that's all you need, and a camera, obviously, to to record your, your document, um, document it." But then you'll say, well, scientifically, if ghosts are energy, you'll be able to pick them up with an EMF meter, which is, it picks up the electromagnetic field. So the theory is if people believe that ghosts are just energy that's left the body or it's in the atmosphere, an EMF meter will detect that, um, which I've had results from it. So it's worked so far, so I carry on using it. EMFs, um, I'm not a fan of like the digital recorders because the camera microphones already got a recorder in so that should pick up the same thing that digital but i in fact i'll um, have to show you it sometime um mm. years ago i was in the biscuit factory um oh yeah the one over in shieldfield oh yeah down in that basement there's like a it's all art studios like where i've been in yeah you can, it's like the corridor there's a big square so you can go right around it. And I did a ghost hunt in there years ago because people used to see stuff in there. And I took an old tape recorder, so it was the old it, old dictaphone with like mm-hmm. an old cassette in. And for years, I never checked this cassette. And then about 2014, I just dug it out. It was covered in dust. And right. I was listening, and I could hear... I said, oh, this is that night we were in the biscuit factory. And you can hear the people that were there at the time. Um, it was one of the very first ghost since i did like 2009 or something uh-huh. and then all of a sudden you hear like something fumbling you can hear me in the background and something's picking this thing up like as if it's like got hold of it and then you just hear this absolute horrible scream right but it sounds like someone stopped it and then recorded over the top of when i was sitting on the table so i've never really gone like and showed everyone and said this is what we captured because people were just think it's fake but it sounds like a horror film scream it's awful it brings tears to your eyes when you hear it and that all the time i'm thinking what on earth is that so i've still got that i'd love to hear that i mean could you yeah maybe dig that out and, and but i always think play it in the if, if i ever 
showed anyone that, people would think that's just like me using a sound effect. It sounds yeah, like it actually, sounds fake. It sounds like a pig screaming. Uh-huh. Like pigs, like if you don't know, a pig, pig that would squeak. You know, it's, it's awful. I've played it on the radio once, and I was just like, it doesn't sound human. Right. But there's the legend is there was a murder down there in years ago before it was ever the biscuit factory. There was a murder in that building. Um, but anyway, um, getting back to the equipment, like I would, my logic would say tape would work better than just a normal like voice recorder because mm-hmm. you, they think tape records, like, like it's a magnetic tape recorder. Yeah. Um, so it, it's more likely to record like a, a sound that's, you know, you can't hear with your ear. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've heard some, convincing EVPs. Um, that stands for electronic voice phenomena. So it's where you can ask a question and then when you play it back, you listen and you can hear a voice that apparently answers that question. Sometimes, you know, they, they can be mistaken for, you know, a bit of fumble on the mic. If you fumble around the microphone, it sounds a bit like a... Which, you know, if you amplify it, you know, is that someone talking? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's basic things as well, like objects that you can say... I've got a friend who, you know, the, the toys that cats play with when the little balls and when I've they, seen them, you throw them. Yeah, so the idea is if they move, they flash. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've used those before. And the other one, it's, it splits people really, you know, there's a big debate about this online at the minute because it's quite new. And that's people who use um, SLS cameras. So it stands for structured light sensor. It's like a 3D camera. It's like a mapping camera. I've seen that, yeah. So they use them on like ghost adventures. Yeah. But the, the logic behind them is that they've got the same cameras and Xbox Connect. So, when you you're playing on the, and you you know you're trying to dance or you it's you, ma- mapping your body. It picks you up as a stick figure and yeah. it sort of watches what your arms and your legs are doing. Um, so the, there was a theory going around that players used to be on like consoles and stuff, and like a second player would appear in the game with them when there was nobody in the room. So there was people, you know, there was a guy in America called Dave Chappell who looked into it and he said, you know, I'm going to hook one of these up to a an actual screen so you can see what the camera sees. So it's going to map. And they were, they were finding things, like they were going into the buildings and there was like a stick figure would just appear in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, there's no body there. You can see there's no, like, it, they normally go like a colour where yeah. like, it maps the, the human figure. Yeah. But you'd still see a stick figure. And they were, they were happening in like, places where people were seeing ghosts as well. Um, so I've, I've been using one of those. And it, they are, a lot of people think it's a glitch in the software. People think it's, you know... It's the, the the technology in it's mistaken like door frames and things for a human shape and it so it's, it'll map a figure. Mm-hmm. But there's some if you go on YouTube and look at it, there's some weird ones where people have you know, heard something and then they've shown it and there's been like a stick figure like mm-hmm. mapped in a three D image because it, it'll just map like a three D room basically. Yeah. And, um, I think that and you use that as well, don't you? Yeah, um, I I got a lot of comments in the on the video. Um, so people are like, why don't you use SLS? Use SLS because the people, you know, fans of Ghost Adventures, love them. Mm-hmm. But then you also get the people who are like, oh, just use your, you know, use your natural sensors and stuff. Don't use all the gadgets. There's a fine line between using too much and too less. Yeah, so of course. With it, with an hour long video, I'll usually try and sort of like do a lot where I'm just on my own and mm-hmm. then get the things out after and start trying to sort of interact a bit more. But. Mm-hmm. It's that fine line about being either too much one way or too much the other way. So you've got. I, I try and be careful with it. Like um, on that subject, I mean hypothetically, do you know if you went into a building without cam, without a camera, without the equipment, without the um, 
all the things that you've just mentioned. I've, I've often thought about this, but do you think you would get a different experience if you just went in lawn? Just, I'm going to go in this haunted yeah. house and just hang about by myself. There's people who say that. I've got a friend who um, works up at Chillingham. Um, he's actually the landscape gardener. But he's massively into all the paranormal stuff. And he says that the people who get the most when they go to Chillingham are the people who aren't with gadgets. They'll, yeah. they'll just go there. Yeah, they'll be there because it's haunted. They, they want to enjoy a haunted night there. But they'll be like, so much happened. And then you'll get people who've gone with like tape recorders and like cameras mm. and lights and you know all the gadgets and boxes of gadgets. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it was disappointing we didn't get anything. Yeah. So it's like... But there's, then, I don't know. There's um, something to be said there, though, isn't there? There is. I mean, you would always, if you were a YouTuber, you would always have to at least have a camera. Yeah, because... But then there's also the argument that if something does happen and you've got nothing to record it with, then you've got no evidence and you kind of want that evidence. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. But there's that dilemma of if you turn up to the world's most haunted castle and you deliberately didn't take a camera with you, you'd be... It's oh, lots happened. This you should is, have seen this. This is going to be the night when it's going to yeah. kick off. <laughs> you should have been there because... Uh, well, didn't, did you get any footage? No, I didn't get any footage. It's just it sounds a bit... Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there because I've just got a funny feeling more things would happen without... Yeah. Ironically, without a camera. Yeah. But it's, you can't do it, you know? It depends on like, what they are as well, what a ghost is. Is it something that's an intelligent thing that can see you and interact with you or is it yeah. a replay of time that's yeah. like that's what people think it's just something that's still there in the atmosphere and uh-huh. they can't see you um so it's kind of like they still think they're alive type uh-huh. I've, I've read that as well um in which case like, having a camera shouldn't affect that but mm. it would be whether they would they had a conscious mind and they would see the camera and be like i don't want to i don't want to do anything on camera i don't want to be seen on camera mm-hmm. But then you also think a lot of ghosts died in the 15th, 16th century won't even know what a camera is. So yeah. like, do they do they even know what that little box is in your hand? Do they just think you're carrying a silver box? Mm-hmm. That's a funny one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you've got big plans for the future. And, um, you want to visit the, the plague the plague island, but it's yeah. off limits. But you, that's, what, that's what you want to do next. It's a It's been a bucket list of mine and Chris's for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, this island is in Venice, but, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, you know, Venice is, like, there. You've got the city, and then you've got, like, the lagoon. I've been to Venice, yeah. It's, so it's about two miles out of Venice in, mm-hmm. the, in the sea. There's this island... And it's like off limits to the public. You can't go there. But when the plague hit Europe in the, the 18th century, they used this as a quarantine station. And that's where the word quarantine comes from, that right. island, because quarantine means 40, it's like a, a Latin 40 days. So they, all the ships that came in, like good ships and merchant ships, had to dock in these islands for 40 mm-hmm. days because they were worried that you'd bring the plague in. And anyone who had the plague was sent to these quarantine islands. Um, and they reckon on Pavalia, it's a tiny island. It's, you know, less than half, you know, less, much less than a square mile. Very mm. tiny. There's been about 160,000 deaths on this island. And the, the building's still there. The old quarantine hospital is still there. It's all abandoned. You can walk in it, you can go around it, and the beds are still there. And I mean, that's going to be... And then to make it worse after the after the plague, I mean the 
there was there's like two islands. There's like a bridge that links to the next island. Uh-huh. There's the burning fields where they just used to burn all the bodies, and they reckon fifty percent of the soil has human ash. Um, it's uh-huh. like the whole place is like it's messed up, and then after that. In the 19th century, they opened up as a mental hospital, um, and there was a crazy doctor who apparently committed suicide in there. And there's so much, you know, this place is just messed up. And there's, there's even like there's a, a famous painting of like you know those um, old Renaissance paintings mm-hmm. where they they were like naked women, and it was like the way they draw them it was like a softly you know like women posed for like. Yeah. A, there's a really famous one of those, and the artist. He he died on Pavilion. He was one of the plague victims. It was like even the most famous people in in Italy at the time. That mm-hmm. artist, like they were, you were still in a mass grave. It was uh, you can see that there's actually a, a stone like an angel on the site where all the the bodies are, and it's it's messed up. It's like they reckon it's the most haunted place on earth. But the only way you can get to it is if you get someone to take you, like oh, on right. a boat. So you can't like go on a public tour, or you mm-hmm. can't. You know, the police can be a bit funny if they catch people going there, and mm-hmm. so you've got to get someone who's willing. To, and a lot of fishermen will not go near it because they they, they bring their nets up, they'll find bones in, in there. There's, there's so much around there. Really, um, the whole island. You think it's the feeling of oppression, like in the atmosphere mm-hmm. um, when you think that people were taken there even if you were just believed to have the plague even if you didn't have it right so there's if a baby would cry for no reason they'd be like why is that baby still crying that's not right maybe it's got the plague so they would mm-hmm. take the baby and the, the horrible things on this island people who didn't have the plague but maybe coughed yeah. were taken there and then obviously when you get taken in a quarantine and put on a plague island you will catch the plague oh, it's uh the it, whole place is just weird it sounds like a bit like uh when they used to burn uh the witches like if yeah you know or drown the witches if she drowns yeah it, it, what's it, the story of <laughs> if she floats if she floats as a witch she's, she's a witch but then they're gonna kill her anyway, gonna kill you anyway. So you, if she drowns ashes you've got no way out she wasn't a witch I mean, Newcastle's got its own witch's story. I mean, you look at St Andrew's Church. Mm-hmm. The the say that the witches from the Newcastle witch trials are buried in there. Where where's where's St Andrew's Church again? Um, if you know where like, oh, New oh, Look is, um, so you, you go is it Blackett Street, and then you go underneath Eldon Square, and then you've got like the church, and then you've got used to be like the magic box on that corner, and then um, oh yes, New Look from Eldon Square there, and then you walk along the gate. Yeah. So it's like that church. Um, that's there's stories about that being haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was always a legend that there's a witch used to haunt it, but then the, the legend is that the, the witches that were executed in the Newcastle witch trials in the 1600s were apparently put in there. So all right. Um, and there's something I read about someone who found bones in there and took bones home with him and stuff was happening in his house and he was like nah I'm not keeping that he found a skull or something and he took it home from that graveyard and all sorts kicked off in his house and he was just like he blamed the skull for it it was yeah wow I mean uh, Newcastle's got so much so uh, so much history you know uh, especially the castle keep as, as well I mean that's an eerie place and um, and uh, I recently bought uh, kind of the history of Newcastle hauntings or something like that. I, I bought I bought it for a friend, you know. I haven't actually read it, but 
Like the book's about that thick, so there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff to get uh, get through on that book. But um, I mean, if there's anyone uh, watching now for a really cool place to go, would you? Where would you recommend? In like, say, the northeast. Um, I think like a, a building you can go into, or a place you can like to this day you can do a ghost hunt in. Because some some places they've they're a bit funny about it. But yeah. I would love to get in them. Like, I really love to get into the Tyne Theatre. Um, um, I know every theatre like there's a bit of a um, what's it like superstition? Like mm-hmm. you know, every theatre's got its own traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems every theatre's got to have a ghost story. Oh, so the got, time theatre, you know, you can't, uh, you can't, of West Road. Yeah, so you can't say like Macbeth because everything's superstitious about theatres. But that theatre's had you know, there's been accidents happening in that theatre, and it's built. I don't know if you know this. Um, I did a tour of this last December before Christmas. And uh, when you go, like, underneath the stage and then right to the back wall, um, it was built on a Jewish burial ground. And right. you can see where the, the graves were. So they they just built it on a, on a grave site. Oh, is that actually on your channel? That's not on the channel, but they've never let us go in and film. They've never, oh, right, got you. They've never let us go in there. Um, I've tried for years, and they're like, no, nah, we're, we're not... They won't even let other groups go in there. They're just, they're not interested. But Fine theatre. I'd love to. And it's an amazing old venue. It's like all old and... Yeah, know, I've been in. I've been in myself. I've the been in the doors ones. don't even shut properly because they're, they're, they're too big for the door frames. It's right. like it's a proper rickety old building. It's, yeah. It would make an, an amazing video. I'd love to do it, but yeah. they've, they've never let us go in. And... um. I think you've got a book idea as well, haven't you? And like pen for the future and yeah, um, I I love to travel. I love to get abroad and like the first thing I do when I get it, like in you know I'll I'll do it like a ghost walk or I'll just look, try and find somewhere that's like if I'm looking for accommodation, I'll find a hotel that's got like ghost stories and I mm-hmm. I love to find out like about places. So mm-hmm. I've, over the past three or four years, when I've gone abroad, I've just like gone to, like Prague and I went to Paris and. Just, you know, most people go to Paris, they want to go to the Eiffel Tower and they want to go to the, like, mm-hmm. Disneyland or something and that. I was like straight into like the catacombs and finding like, yeah. all the skulls and stuff and it was incredible. Um, so I've just like over the years just realised I've got like a, a collection of stories of mm-hmm. all these places and I thought if I could put like together a, a travel guide for people who could just go to like Paris and then straight and then they'd know where stories are or go to Prague or go to Venice and... Mm-hmm. You know, these are places that have got, like, a lot of history about them. And so I've, I've spent a lot of lockdown sort of writing it. Mm-hmm. And whether, you know, I've never published a book before, so I've, I'm going to have to sort of, like, try and work out how should, to do it. Yeah. And, um, I don't even know how far off, because I keep getting to one bit, and then I'm like, oh, I'll do more. And I keep finding more to write about, and mm-hmm. it's like it's just getting bigger and bigger. So um, that's the plan. Uh, I'd love to have a book out. But, um, yeah, um, I'd... I don't know, maybe like in a year or two's time. I'll only yeah. put it out when it's when it's. I think it's finished when it's right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a good plan. Um, is there anywhere people can contact you? And um, you know, they've got a building somewhere that they want explored. Or is there anywhere people can get in touch with you? And if you just want to drop your channel uh, as well. Yeah, so the channel's just Dead Air TV. Um, so it's at YouTube dot com, and then it's like forward slash Dead Air TV. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, like and subscribe it. Um, again, you can contact us on social media like Instagram, Facebook. Um, 
I'd love to. Like, if someone's got a place and it's, they definitely think it's there's something to it, or they'd be, they'd be happy for me to go in and and just record in there. Then, and yeah, um, I'm hoping to get in. Uh, you stories you told about this place. It's, yeah, uh, I think we should, uh, I I think we should do this. If uh, Paul's watching, I I I think I think <laughs> I think we should do this place. But the, oh, you do so, this, not not with you. It's so big. I mean, yeah, come along with it. And, yeah, you know. Um, and I don't know what it's like in here at night, but it, it seems to be like endless corridors and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's quite, it's quite cool here at night. It's um, I've definitely seen somebody in that lift. Yeah, and, um, it's interesting that. Yeah, if someone had acknowledged us, like you know, even just look people. at you. Yeah, know. no, it didn't even look. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't even look at us. He just was fixated. You remember like his, what he was wearing or. Yeah, I do, but um, I kind of want to clarify this with with Paul first because I, I just I just want to I, I want to ask him a couple of things to see if he if, if he knows him to think of him if it was just someone in the building. People think as well that like for somewhere to be haunted, someone's got to have died there. Yeah, but there's so many hauntings where it, it's like for so and so like he loved this. This was his favorite drinking spot, so he haunts this place. Or this was you know like my friend's got a snooker club and they've got you know put the guys like they've had stuff happen things mm-hmm. have been seen in there but they've got no records of anyone dying in there so mm-hmm. that was a bit odd but they think maybe it's been an ex-customer who just loved he spent all of his time there it's his favorite place mm-hmm. he was always in there every night and then like when he's died it's like that's where he's gone mm-hmm. or sometimes goes mm-hmm. so there's this theory that people think that you always have to have someone who's died or there's been a, an accident or something yeah but maybe there's been i don't know maybe someone just has a really close connection to this building or yeah um for whatever even i think was what was here before this building because i don't know how old this, I don't know this place is but market streets up um you know one of the oldest streets in newcastle yeah so they used, when they used to have the, the name came and they used to have markets here and then yeah um it's it, got to be uh, it's got to be a lot of history around here it oh, has yeah. to be yeah um a couple of ghost things uh got to have happened uh, around here definitely but, um, hi Rob, thanks for coming down. Oh, no, thanks for, thanks for uh, reaching out. It's been, it's been really good, like, uh, you know, come down, share some of your stories, and uh, hopefully we'll meet again, and um, yeah, yeah. maybe on a ghost hunt or something. We'll you have know? to get you on a ghost hunt, because oh, yeah, you, you need to have experienced yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, man, I'll be, uh, I'll be well up for it, well up for it. Um, cheers, mate, thanks a lot. Cheers, thanks for